Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Book a dream holiday in Western Australia and experience a new level of luxury with Qatar Airways. Discover premium wines in the Margaret River region, where towering forests meet turquoise oceans, and sunny Perth, where you'll enjoy not just fine wine, but fine dining too. But before your adventure begins, savour signature delicacies made with seasonal ingredients on the multiple award-winning Qatar Airways, where you'll experience the exceptional. Visit qatarairways.co.uk slash Perth for more information. Just so you know, our podcast might contain the occasional mild swear word or adult theme. Hello, I'm Nick Grimshaw. And I'm Angela Hartnett, and this is Dish from Waitrose. We've invited some familiar faces round for a Michelin star meal prepared by the one, the only, the national treasure that is, <laughs> Angela Hartnett! Oh, sorry, that's me. There's no pressure there. Thanks for that, Nick. <laughs> uh, this week, we are joined by Sindhu V. Um, she's amazing. She's a very funny, award-winning comedian, writer and actor. And I think you're basically telling me she's on her way, so I better get cooking. Yeah, basically, yeah. So on today's menu with Cindy V, I've got pomegranate and chili margaritas, a classic of Arnix. Then we've got some little um, starters. We've got these stuffed peppers, char-grilled artichokes, and I follow that with baked cod. And I've got some rye crumbs. I'm mixing with tomatoes, some crab, a little bit of dill in there, and we've got some delicious English sparkling wine, night in butt. All of the dishes and drinks on this show can be found on the Waitrose website at waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. So I'm going to do baked cod, really simple. Your little bit of prep is cut your tomatoes in half, salt and pepper, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of chili oil on there, in the oven, roasted for about 15 minutes. Oh, hi! I'm Nick. Nice to meet Hi, you. How are nice you? Nice to meet Hi, you. Hi, Cindy. I'm good. Thank you for having Welcome. me. Welcome. Come Thanks in. Come in. I've made a cocktail for us uh-huh. because I heard you like a spicy, well, spicy anything. It, pretty much. So yeah. I've made us a spicy pomegranate and chili margarita. I see lime in it, though. And a bit of lime. Yeah. And a bit of lime. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome. 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 Cheers. Right. Should oh we go and have God. a sip? Yeah, let's do it. Can we have a round of applause to welcome our guest today, Sindhu V, everybody! Hi, Sindhu! Oh my God! Welcome! Thank you! I feel like it's going to be a fun one today already. Do you? Yeah, I feel like... because you put tequila in me already? Yeah, because she's already (laughs) had tequila. (laughs) Um, No, we made this spicy because I know you love spicy food, don't you? You're a big chilli fan. We're all big chilli fans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't comprehend, you know, food without... Spice. It's mm-hmm. like, what is this doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what? What's the? What's the? What's the contract I've made with this food? Yeah. What's the point? I, I mean, whether I pat it on my face or put it in my gullet doesn't matter. It's all the. I, I may need to leave now and just readjust the recipe. No, 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 no. Just, no, no. But you know, you, you don't have to have like water flowing out of nose chili, right, but okay. you need to be like, oh, there's a kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. And I've discovered that it's become very normal now in the West to just carry a little box of chili flakes. Yeah. My mother used to when she would when when she came to the West she would carry Tabasco with her in her purse and then later steal Tabasco at restaurants when they would have it. They may have a Tabasco and they would give it. and Then she would just I'm like, what are you doing? It's no because you know I need it. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't steal it. She would say, but I'm paying for the dinner. 
No one else here will have it. Look at them. They're also foreigners. <laughs> she called all white people foreigners, even here. Brilliant. So if she met you, she'd say, what a handsome foreigner. It's like, ma, he's not the foreigner, ma, you are. This is good. I can't drink too much of it, though. No, we'll just sip it. <laughs> You're fine. Well, you can have some nibbles with it. You see, okay. we've cheated a little bit and good. got these from Waitrose. Some little okay, artichokes. Good. These will be spicy, I think. The little olives there. With the... Yeah. What little pepper. Those, I think it's like pep- pepper, red pepper in mm. there. I might have a little bit of artichoke. They're artichoke. yummy. All of this is very yummy. It's so yummy. We had a moment where we were like, that was too hot. I can't eat such hot food. My right. mother ate... She would have green chilies on the side of her food. Mm-hmm. But she, my mother's pet phrase... When we were growing up, and we'd eat something and it would burn our mouth, and we'd say, it's too hot. She would say, cultivate the taste. <laughs> cultivate the taste. This was the phrase she always, cultivate the taste. So you were like, what does this mean? Okay, so you'd cry in your food. I mean, it yeah. was horrific, because she ate very hot. Her and her sisters, all of them. And I was the wimp. Yeah. And I was like, I can't eat this, it's too How hot. How many were they? There's so just two of us. And I was the youngest. I was the baby, I was yeah. the wimp, mm-hmm. I had a stammer. So... For me, I never have felt like I can compete with people who, who can eat really hot food. Yeah. Of course, I moved to the West. I'm like, no, no, I'm winning here. No, I'm fine here, yeah. I'm winning here. I mean, I remember when I first came here and went to university and we had food in student halls and I was vegetarian. And one of the vegetarian options was French fries. That's so embarrassing. I, was like, I mean, that's this? awful. I was so like, what is this? And the other option was peas. <laughs> And I think that was quite a good university you went to. Yeah, I mean, these are not not real vegetables in India. They're like joke vegetables, peas and French fries. Yeah. So here I'm a champ, but in India I'm quite a wimp. What happened in Florence as well? Didn't you have an unfortunate chili incident in Florence? It was Mr. Mancini. Right. So he owned the hotel that we were staying at. And I want to say that, do either of you have kids? No. No. When you have very small children and they're close in age... And your spouse and you are like, there's so much pressure in this marriage that we could just both leave. <laughs> you take the kids, I'm gone. Or we could just drink. See, those becomes the two. <laughs> when the children are very small, you know, and you're both working all the time. These kids yeah. are small and they don't let up. And they don't stop crying. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, and then they want stuff and, you know, and they're enough that they talk, yeah. but they don't make any sense that whole time. <laughs> and they're very loving, but intense. So we had taken the children, we'd gone to Italy, this, and we had a, like a house, and Mr. Mancini had the hotel on the grounds of which was this house. And I, of course, said to him, oh, I can eat really hot food. And he was, and he said, ah, hot. Red rag. And I said, yeah, hot. And he said, fine, I'll make for you penne arrabbiata. I don't know if this is dignified to say, but <laughs> I mean it. my insides shot out of me <laughs> in a way that is... Just not ladylike. <laughs> and also never experienced because he used this kind of hot Sicilian chili yeah. and he put it in the sauce. And I had no idea. I was like, yum, yum, yum. yum. And then I thought, this is what happens to foreigners. But, yeah. you know, Westerners, when they're in India, yeah. they sweat, they get like the runs. <laughs> and I thought, this is happening to me. My husband, who's yeah. Danish, yeah. he became... What's the word? Catatonic? Is that the word? <laughs> he just, he, he could only blink. He stopped speaking. He pushed the plate away. And he said to me, oh, this is not good. Oh, this is not good. But it was hot. It was hot. And also, it's such a sign of disrespect to not finish your food yeah. if someone is cooked for you in India. No, no, my husband was like, it's either me or this food. <laughs> but Mr. Mancini was like, uh, it's good. I was like, mm, yeah, it was great. Never again, please never. cook for me, ever. Please, never again. 
that note, I'm going to put the fish in the oven. Oh, yeah, you get the fish in the oven. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to eat. Do you ever get in that thing where you haven't eaten and then you show up to an interview or work and you're like, this person is talking, I am going to pass out. Yeah. And at some point I have to stop them and say, I need a candy bar. I Stop talking. I, I, I can't I take it. I need something. So I've had it a lot and I've had it before where I thought I've had something wrong with me. I've like been in situations where I'm like, I need to divorce this guy. This marriage <laughs> is not working. And then I have a whole rota of shit that's been wrong with the marriage and it turns out I'm just hungry. You just have a little bit of bread and you're fine. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no he's, he's fine. fine. He's fine. He's cool. He's, cool. he's, he's fine. Cool. I love him again. So when did you start eating fish? 2010. 2010. Mm. And how was it to start eating fish? Because when you've been vegetarian all your life, big deal. Well, for me, it was a very big deal religiously. Mm -hmm. I'm a Hindu. Mm -hmm. we, were we were raised to never eat meat. A lot of Hindus do. I moved to the West and never wanted to eat meat. But when it became medical and I, the doctors were like, you need to have some animal protein, something to do with vitamin D and my cells. It was a big deal for me, morally, you could say. Um, so I called my parents. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And my mother was like, oh, shut up. You don't want to die. Eat the fish. <laughs> she was just no nonsense. Initially, I couldn't eat it a lot. It was very strong. Mm -hmm. But now it's like regular. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, it's not my go-to choice ever. Unless I'm in like some place where the vegetarian food is all that kind of virtuous vegetarian. Mm -hmm. You know, bitter gourd. But I'm like, yeah. no, shut up. <laughs> then I'll just eat the fish. Just eat the fish. Just get a shrimp cocktail. Is there any fish that you don't like? Like, what about like fish with a head? Because I don't really like it. I don't like. Oh, okay. I don't love like a head on my eyes. plate. No, okay. So I have. You know what? I've never said this, and my family thinks it's crazy, and it used to annoy the life out of them. But I'll say it on this podcast. Do it. Yeah. Come um, on. I always say a little prayer to whatever fish oh. I'm eating because I it's given up its life for me. Yeah. And, and in another lifetime, we will meet. And we'll have debts and credits to, mm -hmm. you know, give and return each other. So I always do that. So whether you have your head or don't have your head, mm -hmm. for me, you're, you're a being that's, give, that's a given brain. your life for me. So, and I my, like that Yeah. It's very embarrassing for my family when we go to really nice restaurants. We went to a place in New York called Marea. Hold hands. And no, you they say, don't have to do anything. Their yeah. karma is in their hands. Right? I'm not <laughs> helping them. <laughs> They're going to hell and back. No, it's not even about hell. It's like my husband's Danish. He's in yeah. a different... Plain, yeah. you know, and the children are half Danish. But with me, you know, in the beginning when it was very sentimentally yeah, difficult for me, we would go to like restaurants. There's a restaurant in New York called Maria, super fancy. And I would be like, the, ki the kids are like, oh my God, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just, they're like, can you do it without the namaste thing? I'm yeah. like, all right. Can you not stand on the chair? Yeah, just don't do it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and, and I've and even because the children have always eaten meat. Yeah, and I have always said to them, I don't care if you leave your vegetables. You that chicken, they would say, yeah, it died for us, and I I didn't cook it. I always had someone, who, if they wanted to eat it, someone else was cooking yeah, it. Yeah, sure. But I was like, that is a being. And in your next life, buddy, you don't want to be the uneaten chicken on the plate. No, you want to be enjoyed. And what about fish? Because I always want to know about I, I hate fish that you've got to do admin to. You know, when you order prawns. Or mm. like, oh no, I only get like, no, no, no. do it yourself. No, no, I always say take I all the clothes that. off. Take all the clothes off. I need the naked. Get that I don't. What? That what? is the best expression. Oh. I want to put that on the menu. Fish with admin. Fish. It's like no, that's admin. your job, Angela, not yeah, us. Exactly. No admin. No admin. No I admin. Love a bit of admin. No, I love but a crab. Do you? I will now pray for the crab. That's fine. Died for me. But also, but the, I love you know doing that and sucking the you know. Well. The, the, That's the flavor. It's delicious. Sure, I yeah. get that. I have to say crabs. It's interesting because crab and lobster, when they appear in their full glory on mm. your plate, 
the lobster is always like, ah, I got boiled. You know, that's its vibe. Yeah, forget lobster. But crab is always like, you f***ing touch me. I'm always like, ah. Okay, Angela, what are we having for our main? So we're going to, we've got baked cod with a lovely um, crab crust. Although mm. for you, because the crab crust is held together with breadcrumbs, what I've done is done a lovely crab and I've stuffed the tomatoes with it. I've realised, I made the first the first thing I ever cooked for Nick, I put loads of chilli. I've realised that chilli oil is fatal. So oh, I've just so sort of tasted it. It's quite chilly. But oh, anyway, good. it'll be good. And shall I put the you lemon put on the fish? a bit of lemon on top there. And of I'll just, the fish or everything? Yeah, on the fish is perfect. Mm. So do you think lemon juice is best with this rather than lemon zest? What's the difference? Well, what, I've put a, put a bit of both. I've okay. put uh, a bit of lemon juice on the fish mm-hmm. just when we're cooking it. But then I've put zest in the crumb and in the crab mix because the zest, you get the oil. And I always do this thing where, and you probably with limes, you do it, you rub them first or roll them first mm. just to sort of release the juices. The mm-hmm. And then you get the oil from the uh, zest, which zest. is the, which is more fragrant. It's much more fragrant. Lemon zest is very versatile. Yes. Mm. It is, right? It will just lift a dish yeah. and you're like, what is yeah. that? Mm-hmm. My f- fingers in there but it's great it's fine. it's fine that little bit of iron from the blood I love yeah. lemon zest in yeah. pasta Didn't yeah <gasps> love nice. it in pasta that that's is such nice. a good little secret that's nice. one I always veer away from cod because when I'm cooking it because it, it always sort of falls apart. Mine just becomes like leather. I could, yeah, I, I could like do it. smack someone in the face and they'd be uh, like, ow. Yeah, but so the cod what would are we doing dead. wrong? Do we, do we fry it? Do we bake it? No, how do we stop it from becoming leathery? Yeah. Um, leathery, you're overcooking it. Okay. Only takes about five minutes. <gasps> really? It, on, on a pa- in a pan. That only took five minutes. On a pen. You, you saw me leave the table. We're together, remember? Yeah, yeah. but I didn't know if you'd pre-prepared it. So just take it and put it on the pan for five minutes? I literally put it in the oven, five minutes. And then um, this a bit longer because of the crust. What setting is the oven? About 180, 180, okay. 190. No, no, I'm going to try this. And then, um, and then yours Do you probably put... fell apart. I would keep the skin on. Mm. But did you put foil on it or anything? I or put just... a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper. But no foil, it. no covering, nothing. Just a bit of paper underneath, that's it. No covering, nothing, no. Okay, this is really delicious. And then mm. you put crab on top. Crab crumbs, bit of uh, lemon in there, touch mm. of uh, chilli on the tomatoes, capers in there as well and dill. Mm. Well, I, mean, I love the capers. Incredible. Mm. Really good. Thank you. I don't think I had dill till... I was probably about 30. That's all right. I must have had it in stuff, but then it was a revelation. I think the fishmonger just gave me some once. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's a nice sound. Nice sound. That's a nice sound. I have opened a bottle of wine (laughs) once or twice before. We're going to have an English sparkling wine from Nightemba from Waitrose. Fabulous. Here you go. I love the fact this sparkling wine is not in old school champagne glasses. I love having it in a wine glass. It's serious. This wine is like, I'm a wine. Yeah, Yeah. I don't love a flute. You don't? (laughs) Don't love a flute. I think it's a bit faffy. The more I get to know you, Nick, the more you're ticking so many boxes for me. Yeah, don't love love a flute. Can't get enough in it either. The only flutes I've ever liked are the ones that are like the serious, heavy crystal. You're like, something is going on. (laughs) Yes, they're rich. Cheers. Or as they say in Denmark, school. 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 You've been gluten-free for how long now? Since 2020 June. Since 2020 June. And what are you missing most? Pizza? Pasta? No, now you can get good gluten-free mm-hmm. pizza. You can get everything. You know what I miss is like 
when you're in Italy, fresh handmade pasta. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're not making fresh handmade gluten-free pasta. No. How do they feel about gluten-free in Italy? They do do it. It's huge because their kids yeah. have huge gluten yeah. issues. Yeah. Oh, really? They do do it. Mm. Yeah, you can buy great gluten-free pasta. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And Amazing. there is one dish that's it's called, it's made with buckwheat flour. So mm-hmm. that is actually gluten-free flour. But it's very wintry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's but got all the things hard, you yeah. love. And so it's like strips of buckwheat pasta. So then good. you've got potatoes that have been cooked cooked down and mixed with sage, mixed mm. with fontina cheese and oh cabbage. And it all just goes in this dish in the oven. More parmesan, more cheese on it. It's absolutely delicious. So that's one for you when yeah. you're next there. I think winter. it's more like with gluten-free, what you miss is what, because I'm, you know, like I said, always yeah. eating. You can't just walk into a place and be like, oh my God, that cronut looks great. You're like, yeah. that cronut <laughs> looks great and I'm not eating it and now I will cry. Yeah. But I'm getting further away from that. Yeah. And Tell the, me about the pizzas, because didn't you once eat, 40, what, 42 pizzas in 42 days? No, no, 42 slices, just to impress a boy. Every single day for 42 days. it was a bet. Did he That um, sounds like Jesus in the desert, doesn't it, a bit? (laughs) Didn't he have to do something similar? He was fasting. He wasn't eating the pizza. Oh, he was not eating the pizza. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. That's our Catholic grandparents. Yeah. Shout out to my mum and dad. Um, So go on, why why did you eat? What what, what was the story? You know how you are when you like a boy and you're young and here's what happened. This boy, you know, I, I had ter- I've always eaten so much junk food. I've gotten much better now. And, and he said something about, you know, I wanted him to like me. I wanted him to think I was cool or whatever. And he said something. I said, oh, I could eat pizza every day. And he said, I bet you couldn't. And by pizza, oh. it was, I was in Montreal, so it was right. sliced pizza. You know, yeah. giant slice. Chunky, big. big slice of pizza. Yeah, That's yeah. what I ate for dinner every day, a slice yeah. of pizza. And he said, oh, I bet you couldn't. And I said, I bet I can. I thought he would like, in, in my mind, what he was seeing was just glamour. <laughs> anyway, he said, sure, I'll bet you. And the pizza place, it was a, a dollar for a slice of pizza. I went every day. And I was like on a mission. This was like big love story for me. And also, I just want to tell you about this pizza. I will never forget. You could squeeze it and hold it up, and oh. just the grease would just drop on a napkin. Nice. And so I ate a slice of pizza every day. That's all I ate, lunch and dinner. So two slices of pizza every day for 42 days. At the end of 42 days, he was so like... So hold on, you had 84 slices then. I had <laughs> Every day, that's all I ate. Until he said... But I did get he it. know? Did you walk yeah, up yeah, to him yeah. and just put it in your No, mouth no, no. I used to go to him and be like, I ate pizza again. And he was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, at the end of 42 days, he was like, you can stop. I get it. You can eat this every day. And then we dated. Not because of that, but shortly after. He was like, now I will date you. Now I will date you. I don't think my pizza eating had anything to do with it. I think my relentless sharking of this guy had something yeah. to do with the fact yeah, that yeah, I dated yeah. him. I was the same as you. Like, I always just ate just junk food, mm. no water. And now I'm the same as you in that. Well, I've only had this amount of water and I've only had that much protein. Like, when did that happen? Well, like, what right, happened? Yeah. No, but I think for me, going gluten-free, everyone was like, are you high? <laughs> but the thing is, when you get ill, mm-hmm. there's two kinds of people in the world. Those who get ill and think, eh. Mm-hmm. And my mom did that. She didn't take care of her weight. Then she had a stroke. and I didn't want to tell her when she was in ICU, but when she came out of ICU and was a bit better, I said to her, Ma, I've been telling you for 15 years. She said, yes, yes, you are a god, so what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, so you've had a stroke and I'm sad. And yeah. she said, Are, happiness, sadness keeps happening, don't be sad. You know, and that was, that was the last year she was alive. I imagine there's a lot of energy in your house. Mm. 
I mean, there's children in the house. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How old are they? They're just teens. Mm-hmm. And then I've got one little one who's not yet a teen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we call her the baby. Oh, the baby. My niece was always called the baby. Yeah. And now she's 27 and we still call her the baby. Mm. It'll just stay forever. Like she's 27 with a yeah. mortgage. And we're like, oh, are you a little baby? Yeah. And she's like, well, no, I... I'm like, you're a baby. But you know, I think that's an Irish thing. We used to call my dad's sister Auntie Baby. No, I have an Auntie Baby. <laughs> no, I have Auntie she Baby. She I would go and call her Auntie no, Baby. I, have, I, I love Auntie Baby. Yeah, we have, we have Baby Mossy. You are who? Baby Mossy, Auntie Baby. She's 78. Exactly. I'd go and see her. She's Not like 78. Yeah, Auntie Baby is here. She can't hear. She can't. And also my friend, who's Mauritian, her dad's yeah. brother walked in to see us once in London. And huge, you know, huge gentleman. Yeah. Like in his 60s. And she's like, oh, here's Uncle Baby. I'm like, okay, that's not that. <laughs> uncle yes. Baby is a bit creepier. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know about an Uncle but Baby. he's the baby of the family. I'm like, no. I don't think I like an Uncle Baby. Just an Auntie Baby. I know, I don't know if I like that one. Sindhu, tell me what is going on with you. When can we see more of your wonderful comedy? Because we're, we're quite obsessed with you. When can we see you more? Um, well, my show Alphabet, which has been on tour in the UK, mm-hmm. yeah. this show will go to Edinburgh the last two weeks. Oh, wow. I'm in oh. Edinburgh at the Pleasance doing Alphabet. Amazing. And when is Edinburgh? It's always August, isn't August. it? Yeah. So this will be from, I'm there from like the 16th, 17th to the end of the month. And do you like Edinburgh? I do. I do. I think the Edinburgh Festival is, it's the, as a comic, I don't know how I would have made it without having the festival there. And, you know, all the practice you get, it's like boot camp. Yeah, it's so intense. Mm-hmm. So it's, intense. It's brilliant. There's that I went to see up there late and live, which is like going to the Colosseum with the lions, except the, you know, the poor Romans of the comedians. And they'd literally come on in 15-minute slots. And if the audience booed them, they were shoved off the stage. It's so the next 15 minutes a long time. I mean, time. it was just brutal, yeah, I you mean, know. There's so many things and you just really learn how to have, how to, con- how to connect with an audience under the, yeah. first of all, these audiences, like I once had at three in the afternoon when I was first starting out, I did yeah. a gig, I had 10 minutes at three in the afternoon to a husband, wife and their teenage daughter. They all hated each other. <laughs> you have those gigs and yeah. then you have spank mm-hmm. yeah. at one in the morning where one comedian or person who wants to promote their show will come on and take off all of their clothes. Right, And yeah. that's that audience. Yeah. You learn to play it all. Mm. Yeah, of course. And do you remember, like, the fear before your first show? Because I had to, for a Radio 1 thing once, had to do... We all went up to Edinburgh Festival, and each person had a different challenge, and I got given, like, look of the draw, you've got to do stand-up. Oh, my and it God. Was this, it, I remember it being the most scared and I still remember it now because it's so scary because it's not like going out to just have a chat you're going out and being like I'm funny yeah so it's quite scary and I remember like just wanting to leave and like genuinely thought about just leaving how was it for you how was like that first night was it shit scary as my my, experience for me it was never scary it was from the very beginning it was this thing I couldn't stop doing Wow. So every time I died on stage, and I died so much, and I still do, but in those days, I would just get up the next day and go back. Because I was like, wait, why is this not working? So I never had, I had a lot of nerves, Mm -hmm. but I never thought, oh, this is so scary, I don't want to do it. It was like, I cannot do this. Wow. So strange. Yeah. But that sounds like your mother in you, having watched you, having watched the show. 
and the way your mother was, you know, I mean, that's the sketch where you talk about that, you know, you didn't get the job in the bank. Oh, yeah. And your dad was all holistic and don't worry. And the, the moon stars and the, and the moon and everything. Your mother was like, pull yourself together. Yeah. Come on. You're going to, you know, and that's mm. sort of it. I think that's in your DNA now, going back out there in a way, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I, you know, but my mother was always very practical. You had to get yeah. out there and do things that either made you money. Yeah. Either you have money. She used to always say, you don't have money. You don't have a fame. Look at Oprah. And I was like, Oprah? <laughs> she is on the TV. And what are you doing? And I'm like, well, she's not a stand-up. She said, you know what she is? She's not someone who is disappointing the mother. <laughs> so, for my mother, it was, like, it was very practical. You had to do, yeah. there was a reason. But for me, the stand-up was just such a pull. And initially, when I didn't, you know, I, you know when I, I didn't tell anyone I started doing it, not my husband, not my parents, nobody. But then within a year, she, when I was doing stand-up in India, she came to watch me once. And of course, there were like 500 people. In India, yeah, you course. open your window and say, please come and 600 yeah. people show up. <laughs> so it's not like I was a big deal comic. But we went, I, I did a show. Your mother was dragging people out of the house. In India, it's easy. So the first show I did, it was like a compilation of yeah. comics. It was a year after I'd started stand-up. I was in India, uh, which I routinely went to, so they would take my kids. The parents would take my kids, and I could go and gig. And she came to watch me and I got off stage and she said, uh, can I tell you something? Which was a useless question. Why She was mm. going to tell me. Mm. Why She always Please. started with, can I tell you one thing? And you'd be like, you're going to, yes. Yeah, she said, you know, when you're on stage, I saw today that you're not my daughter. You are a person on stage who really is your own thing. But when you came off stage, I saw you were my daughter, so I think you should do this. Oh, and I don't think... I think that was probably this thing that gave me the most confidence. Yeah. There's a couple of other things going on um, later this year. I'm in a movie that's <gasps> going to come out later this year. Oh, my year. God. Fab, what's the movie? Matilda. Oh, my God. Amazing. I know. It is, I mean, I should be like, uh-huh, no big deal. I can't believe it. <laughs> Am I allowed to even say that? It sounds so gauche, but it was incredible. Oh, wow. Congrats. I can't wait to see that. Thank you. And this was great. Thank mm. you. It was just the right amount of spice. Well, we like to entertain our guests, hear from them, and hopefully, you know, send them off without diarrhea. Okay. There are, that's our, I our think checklist. That's a good bar. Um, <laughs> and we did it this week. Sindhu V, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Sindhu. Such good fun. Cheers. Today, I cooked baked cod with rye crumbs, crab, tomato, and dill. This was inspired by an original recipe by Diana Henry. If you want to cook this dish for yourself, you can find it at waitrose.com forward slash dish recipes. We can't all have a Michelin star chef in the kitchen, but you can ask Angela for some advice. Email your questions or dilemmas to dish at waitrose.co.uk. Follow Dish from Waitrose wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please. It helps more people find the show. Plus, we're quite needy and like attention. 